the Nuggets take on the Suns in a pivotal, crucial must-win game five at home at Ball Arena. We will break it all down, get into rotation adjustments. Should and how much will Peyton Watson play and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen. Appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform you choose, whether you're catching the show live on YouTube with folks like Orange Sodas. That's a new one. Logan Utley's hanging out with us. 55555-ish is back in the chat. Still balling. Hanging out with us. Doctor, this is my favorite one. Dr. Van Strand is hanging out with us in the chat as well. We appreciate you guys making us part of your day. Uh, make sure you guys with the five-star reviews, the likes and subscribes and all that jazz. It's really important for us. It helps us out so much. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed on the GameTime app. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content over at DMVR. You can catch the pre- and post-game shows before every Nuggets game, after every Nuggets game, in between every Nuggets game, uh, and all sorts of other great content. Check it out at DMVR, and check out the DMVR bar. The best place for you to watch a game. If you're looking for somewhere to watch game six, there's getting nowhere better than checking it out over there. Adam, how you doing on a Tuesday morning before a crucial game five? Biggest game of the year. Um, excited. Excited for it. Excited to see how this one goes and who steps up. So on today's show, we'll just we're gonna kind of free flow this about game five. And and I have there's I think a number of interesting questions to kind of get into. Um for starters. Where do you feel Denver's confidence is at going into this game? I mean, first of all, in a three-game series, anything can happen. So I think there has to be a, a healthy appreciation of that. Um, anytime you lose two in a row, your confidence rightly should be shaken a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, I think Denver has to look at the series and say the margins are thin. They've been right there. And Ke- Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have had really good games uh, over the last three so I think Denver has to feel a little bit confident. Um, I'm curious to see how much they tweak their game plan, but I don't. I by no means. It's funny because you can look at the series in any way. You could say the Suns have figured Denver out. Some truth to that. That they have like adjusted to Denver's double scheming in the fourth, and you know those different things. And then you can look at it and say, hey, Devin Booker had the best game of his life, and you know eked out a win. Both of those things are true. So I think I think both teams have a reason to feel confident coming into Game Five. It shows uh, for me. This is this game is a lot about how I've shifted in terms of how I view playoff performance. Where four to five years ago, I'm like, yeah, okay, look, Devin Booker had absolutely incredible, amazing. He deserves all the credit in the world, but like that's not sustainable. And now I'm very much in a this is the playoffs, and sometimes unsustainable things happen for four games. That's how it goes. Six games, like that's just how it goes. Sometimes. And like some of this ha- ties into like great players have great series, have all time moments. They rise to the to the best, right? Um, because like if you're a Suns fan, you're like, is Nikola Jokic going for fifty again? And I would be like, I don't know. If you single cover him, he might. Like Nikola's a great player, Devin's a great player, and these guys are capable of these type of things. And like, there's been this, yeah, but he's not going to shoot eighty percent. I was like, I didn't like a lot of us were like, he's not going to shoot twenty twenty five again, right? And then he had, and then he had game four, so. 
until I see him slow down, and the only way he, I think Devin's slowing down, I'll be real with you after. Now, I will say, let's talk about this for a second. So one thing I went back and I watched all of Devin's buckets, uh, buckets in Devin Booker's buckets in game four. And it was a lot more isolation and a lot of rejecting the screen. But a lot of it, Adam, also games one and two, they really screwed up the Suns with how hard they iced which is, if you're not familiar with it, like pushing guys away from the middle and pick and roll coverage. You want to keep guys out of the middle. They were like, in games one and two, they were like, do not let Booker get middle. Booker is absolutely deadly on short pull-up jumpers from around the free throw line when he gets middle. He hit a couple of those in uh, game four in transition. But they in games three and four, they started pushing them hard to the edge. Like they kept that up, but Booker really adjusted and got to those bank shot runners on pull-ups in those situations to the point where I don't know if at this point you have to play him a little bit more straight up and not be as committed to trying to push him sideline as much because you can't bring help over in those spots because you can't bring help from the strong side, right? One pass away. You can't do that. So what do you think is like, just from that tactical perspective, what, how should the Nuggets approach be in terms of where they're trying to get Booker to and away from on the floor? Well, first of all, I think the details are important here. One of the things that's happened over the over the course of the series is that it's not just that if Denver's defensive coverages are changing, it's that Booker learns the tendencies of players in those coverages. So, for example, one of the key plays in the last game, Booker attacks the trap, so they ice it, force him to the sideline where Jokic steps up, keeps his dribble alive and backs out. Jokic releases from the trap. And then Booker attacks again immediately, forcing Jokic to once again step back up into the trap. So he's basically making Jokic come up, drop back, come back up, and then throws the skip pass. So those are things that are not necessarily like scheme. The scheme is set. How you attack it is set. He's just learning little subtleties or have figured out little subtleties of, hey, how do I make this a little bit harder on Jokic? How do I have to make him anticipate and guess when to release and when not to? So for me... That's what the adjustment now comes to Denver is, okay, let's see some of the tendencies he's has. And now do we get more aggressive? Do we not drop back knowing he's going to try to fake us out of dropping back? To me, that's the cat and mouse game of, of, of an NBA series is it's not necessarily that the schemes change, although they often do, but that the little details players start to figure out, oh, when this happens, this guy tends to do this. And I think that's where we're at right now heading into game five. Yeah, there was one sequence where Booker actually like you could tell that Jokic was trying to not let him like he wasn't trying to show as hard. And so he played a little bit more drop and then Booker snaked for a pull up J. Like again, like a lot of this is just Booker's been awesome. Like there I there is just there is usually with like outlier performances, I'm just like, what are you gonna do? But I am just like no, Booker's done a really good job of his the the one heat check over Jeff Green and Bruce Brown, which like Jeff can't can't get up into his space. Um, but like that shot is not like a great quality shot. But when you are Devin Booker and you are feeling it and you have that kind of confidence, that's not a bad shot either. And he had a lot of confidence. He was also taking threes off of the pick and roll high versus those bench units. Um, I'll say I will say though that as much as Booker killed them with how hot he was. Denver electing to double him late the way that they did and the Phoenix being prepared for it led to Landry Shamit three-pointers. I, I am very curious to see if Denver is up, by the way, heading into the fourth, even if it's only by five or six, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play him a little bit more straight up just because it's easier to funnel him inside the three-point line 
hard to make him miss a shot in there, but easier to put him there and say, hey, shoot 50, 60%, we're going to win. Shoot 70, 80%, we're in trouble. But if we, as opposed to if you do get into rotation and you're giving up corner threes, those are three-point shots. You only need to go 40% on those ones to make it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Denver was up to, to maybe change their fourth quarter coverage and say, hey, we're going to try out giving our main defenders full, just try to guard them and see what happens. Let's take a, a quick break. On the other side, we'll get into rotation adjustments, who we think plays in game five, who doesn't play as much in that instance, and how this is going to shake out. Uh, we'll also talk about, there's a good question in the chat about offense versus defense. We'll get into that on the other side. First thing to tell you about the game time app. Game time is the absolute best way for you to get tickets on stuff. There's so much cool stuff going on now. Like, I just, everyone, my friends that live around the country ask me about Colorado, and they're like, but the winter is so long. I was like, yes, but the spring and summer is so amazing. And there's like so much cool stuff to do. Like, this is not, I've lived in places where it's like, when it gets nice out, it goes from nice to, you can't be outside for very much. Concerts, sports, like, even the team's not doing great this year. Go catch a Rapids game. Like going to a Rapids game is awesome. There's so much cool stuff to do in Colorado, and you can do it with the Game Time app. Go see these tickets for tonight's game. By the way, seventy-one dollars. Nice. You can get yeah lower levels for one forty-five. That's really good. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you one hundred and ten percent of the difference get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and they're sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply create an account and redeem code locked on mba for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we'll be right back on locked on nuggets Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Adam Mars and Matt Moore before a pivotal game. Pivotal is the word I was looking for earlier. Game five. Um, okay. So we are of the opinion. Malone mentioned two names. Like, it's really funny, the mirrors, right? Which is like before game three, um, Monty Williams mentioned specifically Terrence Ross and TJ Warren. Before game five, Michael Malone mentioned specifically Reggie Jackson and Peyton Watson. Um, let's talk about P-Watt first, and then we'll go get into to Jackson because I have a little bit more, I think, strong thoughts on it. Uh, I think that not just Peyton Watson playing, but who he plays for is very crucial. He can't, like, you should not carve out Christian's minutes to put in P-Watt. You need to carve out Jeff's minutes to play P-Watt. You should not carve out Aaron's minutes to play Watson you should carve out Jeff Green's minutes to play Watson this is a risk move there are ways that this goes badly but it is absolutely worth a try at this point in the series for trying to inject some life and some more defense into the bench unit your thoughts well first of all you're 100% right that it's a risky move but I will say Jeff Green was a minus 16 in 20 minutes um so that's the number that's sort of the floor you're looking you're operating with can you not be outscored by that margin um and then I'm I'm with you. Christian Brown only played eight minutes in that last one. You know, he was a minus 10 as well. So it's not like his minutes went great. I'm very curious if you play him. To me, he could even be in line for a little bit more defensive assignment. And then, yes, Jeff Green, if you do play a Peyton Watson or a Reggie Jackson, um, I, I would prefer Peyton Watson. <laughs> that would be the, the route I would go. 
I think your your thought process is if you play Peyton Watson, you're probably going to try to guard Booker straight up a little bit more. You're hoping you could find a player that has any impact on him. And by the way, I don't expect Peyton Watson to shut him down or to be like a guy that ends up playing 30 minutes in the series. Cause like, wow, we found it. Okay. There it is. There's the matchup. Your question is during the seven minutes that you need your bench, not to blow it. Can he just make enough of an impact? It's a small stretch. It's probably binary. There's possessions where he's going to contest a Booker ISO. And does he make or miss those ones? You just want to see if he can make him miss one or two extra ones over that span, which keeps the game close enough that you can win the starter minutes. So for me, he would be the one. That's the thought process. The thought process on Reggie Jackson is when you've run the bench out there, the offense has looked really bad. And a bad offensive process has led to a lot of transition. So the thought would be, can we give the ball to Reggie Jackson and have him help that second unit's offense creation, maybe get Jamal Murray off ball and save his legs, and maybe that leads to a ripple effect where your defense is better. I don't know if I buy that one as much, but that would be the thought process. I have no idea what that like Reggie has been terrible with this with this team and this unit. It's possible because Reggie's a guy that has stepped up in the playoffs before. Like I've seen it happen. And like maybe the playoffs individual style, just like go out there and make a play works. I just don't have any confidence. I don't know how he's going to get clearance on screens. He doesn't have Ibiza Zubac to clear screens for him like he did with the Clippers. He doesn't have Paul George, you know, as a as a threat. There's no gravity on that second unit. There's none. Yeah, right. Is that good? I like the idea of not playing Jamal at the second unit because, as I've mentioned, I think it's a. I think that is that there is a direct correlation between Jamal playing with the second unit and their struggles. I want to. Well, hold on. Let me just ask this: Do yeah, you have yeah. more faith in Peyton Watson affecting Devin Booker for eight minutes in this game? over the course of two halves or Reggie Jackson helping the bench unit score over eight minutes in a game. I think for me, a lot of it with, with Watson is that I think he can also make like random, like big blocks at the rim on other rotations, like makes a better closeout on campaign. Like there's other ways. I think that Peyton Watson's defense can impact the game it, it, with Reggie Jackson. It's literally, does a guy make a couple of shots? Like that's, and that that's huge if he does, but if he doesn't, it's like, what are you doing? Uh, Patrick McMahon says Malone waited too long. Should have done this two games ago when they were up 2-0, <laughs> and the bench had been a massive positive. He should have, he should have done this. Uh, Tamor says Malone is always one or two games late on the adjustment. That's just him guys. Like, I, will, they I, say, I think game four, I do think he was late on that one. And I know it's hard to say they were up two one and they had only lost the bench minutes in one game four. And this is easy for me to say in hindsight, I wasn't calling for this before, but game four, they did understand how to attack that unit it was a very clear this is what we're going to do and so whether he should have made the adjustment in half one or been prepared to make it in half two maybe that's a fair assessment but it to me they were figuring out okay this is what this bench unit does here's our strategy of attack and by game four like yes Landry Shamit just made shots but also by game four they knew exactly what kind of shots they wanted to get out of it I understand it. I think I I'm just in the minority here um, from how I think fans look at it, because again, I'm like really influenced by other series I've covered and this isn't that one. I, I just wind up thinking that delaying your adjustments is good because it gives the opponent, like if you can drag it out, like if they, cause we admit they could have won game three or game four, both those were winnable for Denver. Yes. I mean, sure. Yeah. They were close games. Yeah. So like it's winnable. Look at what's happening in the Warriors-Lakers series where Steve Kerr has been like, okay, we're putting Jermichael Green in. Oh, okay, they adjusted that. All right, we're putting Gary Payton in. 
okay, they adjusted like you're behind, you're trailing the adjustments, right? And this is a minor one where it's like it's off the bench, so I get it. I'm not saying that he shouldn't have done it. Like I get it, I understand it. Fans are, but I also think that fans for the most part are like, this didn't work one time. Don't ever do it again and change it. And I'm like, okay, like let's give it a little like C, right? I think you saw, and now like the time is absolutely there for an adjustment. Um, I think you can get in trouble with being too overreactive. I think it's a thing in the playoffs. I think the idea that you should just like instantly overreact can get you in trouble because it gets you behind in trying to adjust to what they're doing versus being I, like, well, this is working overall. Well, there's also a chance Denver doesn't adjust tonight. And I'm not sure it would be the worst thing. I mean, the this is going to sound too incendiary, but I feel like the guys let Malone down a little bit in the fourth quarter because even on tape, Part of this was, yes, the Suns knew exactly where they wanted to go. And anytime a team knows what they want to do, you always feel like, okay, are we doing something wrong? Because we're predictable in a way. But at the same time, the effort on the rotations to close out on Landry Shamit were so poor from Jamal Murray, from yes. Jeff Jeff Green, yep. even Aaron Gordon. That it was so slow and so lazy that part of you, you know, Malone probably feels a little let down of like, now do I have to adjust because you guys aren't running out on shooters that are making yeah. shots? You know, that's a little bit of part of it. And then, of course, the whole how do you factor in? Now you're on the road. Do any of those role players step up? And I mean, if, if I told you it's easy to say Landry Shamit because he was the guy last time. But let's say it's TJ Warren, a guy who hasn't really made shots. I mean, in that in game three, he hit two big ones. But let's say tonight he gets a steady dose of swing contested corner threes, semi open, but somebody running out at him. Do you think he makes him tonight, Matt? TJ Warren? I think like wing threes where he's open, but somebody's running him, running out at him. I think it is more likely that he makes them than the guys that played in games one and two. Is how I would put that. But I'm saying if Denver is banking on, hey, we want to stick to our scheme, we need to be a little bit quicker at it, but we're going to trust that TJ Warren is not going to hit 40% of his open corner threes, semi open corner threes yeah. in this game. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, that's been the story so far. It's very reasonable to be like, their guys hit shots in their building. Our guys hit shots in our building. We have two games at home. Yeah. That's that's fair. Like, that's a completely understandable thing here. Um, I think – I like this from Kyle. The difference to me between the first two games and three and four is it feels like the Nuggets aren't playing their brand of basketball, and it feels like they're getting to the two-man game too early. Like, we talked a lot about the 131 offense and like, that's a good way of actually putting this in perspective, right? That the nuggets had a good offensive rating uh, when, in, in, for the majority of the game, for the, for the entirety of the game. And especially in Jokic's minutes, I did not feel like they were playing nuggets basketball at any point in game four. I feel like they did in game three. They just lost a tough one. I feel like in game four, they got away from who they are and they're going to have to get that back. And to me, that starts with Jamal like that. That's, that is where this starts is Jamal's going to have to get back to Nuggets basketball. But I mean, the, the other part of this is that the Suns are also making the same calculations as Denver. Do we want to let the ball get popping and everybody and risk that everybody is going to score? Or do we want to try to funnel it into Murray and Jokic and risk Jokic going for 50? By the way, if Jokic goes for 50 again and they lose, I'd be pretty surprised. That took an equally great performance from Devin Booker to sort of match it. But so that's the calculation they're making. And last game it worked. So you can hail Monty Williams as a genius, right? Because he wants Jokic and Murray to 
be scoring at the rate they did. Well, if they do that tonight and win, everybody will say, how do they not adjust? You got to double Jokic. What are you doing letting him score 52 games in a row? So I think they're making the same question. And the fact that there's worked last game lends that to them saying, let's do it again. And if that's the case, Jokic just needs to come out aggressive again tonight and trust that their defense will get three or four more stops than they did in game four. If Jamal hits... If Jamal hits, I don't know, three of the tough contested shots that he decided to take in the bench unit, then Jeff Green goes from whatever he was, a minus 20 or whatever, to like a, you know, he, minus like eight, a, yeah. Yeah, he goes from a minus, uh, yeah, it gets, it gets to where, and that's like enough of the difference. Right. Like that really is what we're talking about in that series. Um, that is this tight. On the other but side, but I do hope that Jokic comes out. The one thing that happened in that game a little bit, I mean, Remember that Jokic really started his domination in quarters two, three, and four. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily quarter one. And by the way, Aiton was in foul trouble by the end of it. I do think if they're going to stick to that same strategy, you I trust Jokic to read the game. But I hope that he's aggressive because if you put a couple fouls on Aiton in the first quarter because they're guarding you one-on-one and you've really figured out how to be aggressive, catch on the move and, and draw fouls. To me, be aggressive. Have a 16-point first quarter. If Aiton has two fouls, Jock Landell has two fouls, that strategy is going to break at some point. Yes. That strategy then comes to, hey, I know we worked on this, but we're in foul trouble and we got to start doubling. And that's when, all right, now Michael Porter is open. Now KCP is getting in rhythm. I'll say this. like I don't know that – I honestly think he should wait to get aggressive until Landell comes in. Because <laughs> like, you want Aiton on the court? You want Aiton on the court. Like, yeah. And Aiton gets, picks up fouls. It's bad for Denver. The, the Nuggets need Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden on the I, floor more in this series. I don't know if that's true. I mean, the thing, the part of this is that Jock only plays 20 minutes. I mean, how many minutes can Jock Landale play? That's one of the questions. Like his, one of his sk- skill sets right now is just hustle. Burn, he's yeah. working. He's work. Can he do that if he's playing 28 minutes? Yeah. Can he do that against Jokic if more of his minutes are against Jokic than they are against Jeff Green? That's a real question. So, Aiton, I, I understand what you mean about Jokic really seems to have Aiton figured out, but I think he he has Jock Landale figured out as well. And if he can force him to be on the court a little bit more, I think we'll see that more and more. On the other side, we'll talk about fatigue because I think that's an interesting thing that we need to talk about. And we'll get some predictions for game five as the series heads towards a pivotal point in the series. First thing to tell you about prize picks with a $1 million daily Superflex promotion. Every day of the NBA playoffs through the finals, one prize picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry plays after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day, and whoever places that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks equals $1 million. That's one-seven-thousandth of Matt Ishbia's net worth. Five correct picks equals 80000 Four correct equals 16000 Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at the link prizepicks.com slash million to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. Download the PrizePicks app or go to prizepicks.com to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up. For an instant deposit match up to $100. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Final segment here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. I want to hit this question from Arturis because I think it's actually a really important one. Arturis says, We are more tired when with, with than them after one month of cruising in the regular season all March. This is a thing is like Devin Booker, Kevin Durant have played heavy, heavy minutes all throughout these playoffs. That team looks fresh. I don't think Yoke looks tired. 
he doesn't he doesn't you're absolutely right he doesn't the other guys do ag looks tired jamal looks exhausted um kcp looks just like frustrated and worn out like kcp's kcp's got a lot that he's trying like this is a kcp just hasn't been effective i'm sure it's it's frustrating. frustrating but i don't i don't know that he's necessarily looked tired he's missed his shots yeah I don't think they, I don't think he's you're right. I don't think he's looked tired, but AG and Jamal are two guys that I think have looked tired. I agree. They've looked they've looked really tired. And Bruce Brown, I think, has worn down a little bit as the series has gone on. But as well. Bruce Brown and KCP to me just are not effective against Devin Booker for whatever reason. And that I mean part of that's Devin Booker's incredible. But those guys to me have looked bad and they have not impacted the game on either side. But I think a lot of that has to do with they're just they're they're a traffic cone at the moment to Devin Booker. Um, this has been a thing I want to, I want to talk about, about this. Cause this has been a, a weird point that I, I has been bothering me. Somebody made a, a point in the chat, um, says KCP has been invisible. Is he even playing Chad Andrews? Who's a friend of mine, uh, mentioned this on, on Twitter as well. Guys like KCP in the last game was five of seven. Like when KCP has gotten shots outside of game four or game three, he's been fine. Like, I mean, he's not making his threes. I think that's the big thing. And those are the bigger shots. But because I'm trying to think of his five of seven. He I know he had an escape dribble pull up. Transition. And then he had a he had a pin down, come off a pin down and hit mm-hmm. a foul line jumper. I can't remember the other three shots, man. But like uh, and, and that's fine. I think he had a fast break. I think he had a fast break. Like my, my point here is I don't think that KCP is getting a healthy amount of the offense because of what I've talked about with Jamal. Like I don't think the opportunities have been there for the other guys. Aaron was five of 10. Like Aaron, Aaron shot 50% from the field. KCP shot 71% from the field. It's, it's the number. Yeah, you're right. It's the limited opportunities for all of and the it's other like, guys. You know, and MPJ, MPJ very diplomatically, like after the last game when I was asking him about this, was like, you know, we need to get KCP more shots. He's our best shooter, which is not true. It's, it's MPJ, but that was nice of him to say. But then MPJ was like, I've got to make myself more available. I think KCP and MPJ have made themselves available. I mean, here's the thing, though, Matt. I think Devin Booker was 0 for 2 in the fourth quarter of the last game. And again, that's by design. It's not that Booker went cold. It's not that Booker was off. It's that Denver said, hey, we're going to force the ball out. I just think that the Phoenix Suns are making a little bit of of an adjustment the other direction. Now, I'll meet you halfway. I do think Murray is tunnel visioned. I do think he's on ball too much. He's over dribbling. And that is also cutting down. So there is things that Denver can do. But... Denver is at their best when Jokic has 16 shots, Murray has 14, Porter has 14, KCP has 10, Gordon has 10. I just don't think that's going to happen in this series based on how they're guarding him. Zamora says, is there a way to target Book on D to get him winded? My answer to that is no. Man, well, <laughs> you don't think there's anything Denver can do to wear him out more? Booker's numbers versus Jamal are tremendous. So my question here is, how no, do you this, force... This isn't true. What? This isn't true. Booker Booker versus Jamal is actually I, now I don't trust that Jamal can guard Devin Booker, but he but I do think that there is something too. Could he match up with him defensively? All right, here's the thing: Bruce Brown and KCP are a little bit smaller, and I actually think the length is the only thing that affects Devin Booker, and it doesn't affect him that much, but affects him a little bit more. So to me, Again, I don't think the solution is that because I think Murray would wear him. I mean, he's already tired. Asking him to take on a bigger defensive assignment seems like a game seven ask, not a game, not a game five ask. But, um, but no, those are not the worst numbers in the series. Are not are not on Jamal. 
Jamal is three of 14 via the NBA.com's admittedly one. You're saying, you're saying when Booker is guarding Murray? Jamal. Oh, that, I thought you were talking Jamal. about the other direction. Okay. So the other one, I just, I looked up that one too in the beginning. Uh, when Jamal is guarding Booker, Devin is eight of 16. That's better than what he's shooting in the series. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, also, the 16 is, I think, as interesting as anything. Part of this is just limiting what shots he can take. Yeah, I don't know. I just think um, – I don't think he feels them at all. Um, and I think that, like – I think trying to wear him out when he's guarding Jamal, you can run him through screens, I guess. Um, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of – I don't – Jamal's going to have to show me, I think. <laughs> Well, I, first of all, I'm not calling for Jamal to guard Booker because Murray's already tired. I just don't think he can take on any more responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Again, maybe in Game Seven, you as hey outwill him. You gotta, you gotta. Now it's mano y mano. The game's probably gonna be ninety to ninety-two. Just maybe that's at that moment. But I'll say right now, you have Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, KCP, Jamal Murray. You might have Peyton Watson. You might have Reggie Jackson. I would throw a lot more physicality at him a lot more full court press and it has to be a smart press i don't think this is like trying to get steals it's just try to turn him yes. try to make him get low yeah. instead of walking the ball up make him get low the way they're doing it to marie and, and the more bodies you throw at him you need to use the energy of christian bruce maybe peyton to zap the energy of devin booker Agreed. And if you do that and then the other part of this is you worry when you do that. Like, well, how is Phoenix right now? The margins are that they're scoring in transition. So the idea of full court pressing and leaving yourself more vulnerable to transition is one that I think you have to calculate. But the transition is Devin Booker. Devin Booker's been the one that's been scoring in transition and Kevin Durant. If you force them to have Landry Shamit bring up the ball, even campaign, to me, I think I would rather live with that. Make those guys bring the ball up. And maybe you're a little vulnerable in transition, but is Landry Shamit really being aggressive in transition? No, Malone won't. Malone won't do it, but he should sit. He should sit Christian on him for like twenty five minutes tonight, and just be like, Christian, your entire job, like every single play, and if he fouls, he fouls. But like your your job on every single play is you're guarding him ninety feet. Yeah, you got to you got to wear him down. You got to wear him down. Um, Snail says that they've been hiding Booker on MPJ some possessions, and he's just chilling on defense. That checks out. Uh, yep. The, the the number one stat that you can try kind of track with the matchup data is matchup minutes, that, because it literally just calculates how often this guy standing next to to like guy A standing next to guy B, and it's twenty three minutes, which is by far the next closest is nine when he's guarded KCP is Devin guarding MPJ. So like, here's an idea: get MPJ involved in some dribble handoffs. Even if you don't put him in dribble handoffs, man, you could still move. Like Porter's role to stand in the corner and just kind of stand there yeah. and let him off the run him around some BS action on the weak side. You're not even looking for him. It doesn't matter. At least Booker has to change and get through this screen and switch this one. So I'm with you. Yeah. Or you know what? Put MPJ in the dunker and see if like just try to yeah. make Booker have to box him out. Yes. Absolutely. There's all these kind of ways, and they need to go to all of them because they're letting him off the hook right now, and it's a real problem. Um, predictions game five. What do you think? I think Denver wins. I still think that they have more ways to win. I don't think it's a slam dunk. This is going to be one of those things where like when you're at Vegas and your buddy gets uh dealt an 11 and, you, and the dealer has six and you tell him like, Hey man, uh, you should double down here. And he's like, are you sure? Like, yes, this is the best spot for you to double down. And then they lose. And they look at you and say, Hey man, you said I should double down. I lost double bet. This is how I feel about tonight's game. 
I think Denver should win. I mean, I just – I I think they have more paths to. You need big performances from your big players. If Devin Booker goes 14 of 18 or 20 of 25 for a third time in the series, you're going to have to tip your hat. But even if he does that, I think there's paths for Denver to win this one. So I think Denver needs to look fresher on defense, and I think they will. I think guys will make shots who haven't made shots the last two games. KCP, I'd be shocked if he goes over for the third game in a row. So I think he knocks one or two down. Uh, and I think Denver comes out with the win. Since 2003, when teams have lost the last two and are at home, so lost three and four on the road, they are 43 and 17 in game five at home when they're favored. 43 wow. and 17, 71%. Um, when they are, when they have one. When it's 2-2, they are 30 and 13 at 70%. So it holds up there as well. Right around um, 70% chance. To me, I don't know if it's, I would feel that high on it. I would just internally, I would feel almost more 60-40. But yeah. I do feel good. The, the point is, I feel good about Denver's chances in this one. And having watched every game multiple times now, I think that Denver, what Denver does is a little bit more sustainable than what Phoenix is doing, albeit – Phoenix, it's less about the other guys and more about their two guys have been fantastic, and maybe they just continue to be at that level. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, this is not going to come as a surprise. Uh, I'm overreactive. I'm heavily influenced by shot variants, and the Nuggets is cooked thing comes out of that. Um, you think, think the Nuggets are cooked? I think the Nuggets are cooked. I think the Suns win game five. And you had a chance to you picked Nuggets in six, and you had a, a chance to be on that. But I, I, but I picked them to lose to win to win Game Four, lose Game Five, win win Game Six. So they are. Here's, here's here's a question for you: What Devin Booker is shooting fifty seven percent from three in the playoffs? Yeah, are, are in the series fifty seven percent. What do you think he shot in the regular season without looking? Because he had a great regular season. Thirty eight. Thirty five. Poof. He is shooting 22% better from three in this series than his season average this year in which he had a very good season. Now, he might do that again. I mean, he's a great player. These things happen. But part of me just has to look at it and say, he might be a playoff 45% three-point shooter, which would be all-time. 57%, I have a hard time buying that that is sustainable over a seven, an entire seven-game series. But we'll find out. I mean, it... it He's good enough to prove me wrong. You want to know who did this to me? Fred VanVleet. That's who did this to me. Because, <laughs> like, that Bucks team was awesome in 2019. They were so great. And Fred VanVleet had a kid and came back and had literally, I looked it up, the best three-game shooting performance in NBA history. NBA playoff history, he has a, he had a 75% effective field goal percentage over three games. But that's a three-game stretch, I right? Know. I know. And this I mean, is Booker's like, already been on the three-game stretch. I mean, another one to look at here is Damian Lillard. Five threes. Remember when Denver played him? Five threes, nine threes, five threes, one of six, 12 threes, three of 11. He was on fire in that series. And I just remember thinking, like, he can't do this again. Then he did it again. He can't do this again. He did it again. He can't do this again. He didn't. He had his bad game. Then he had a 12-3 game. And you're like, oh, my God, he's back. Then he went three of 11 in the next one. Like even the great shooters who get good shots just sometimes miss. 
I think you're in a much more logical place than I am. I think you're in a much more rational place than I am. I think that the sharp betters that I know love it, love the nuggets in the spot. It's why they went from minus four open to minus six. That's why they like all the money's coming in on Denver. This is a smash spot for Denver. So I'm going against all of that, right? I just, I feel like I am doomed to have to talk about how Michael Malone didn't bench Jeff Green. That I'm doomed to talk about. Like, I know, I know this. I know this. Like, I, I, I know this one. What do you mean? Like, I've had it with like, oh my gosh, is Jokic going to go over ten tonight? And I'm going <laughs> to have to like the, the fear of the worst narrative of your own project, your own picks coming true. Yeah. I will say this: you remember Damian Lillard the series and how on fire he was, right? Yeah. He had a 55 point game. He had 40, a couple 40 point games. What do you think his low was in that series? His low point total was. 24 10 that series where we remember him not missing a shot for the entire series he had a game where he scored 10 points now again that's not the norm he also went for 42 and 28 and 34 and 37 like he had monster games in between there but even he had a rough one booker has not had a rough one and i don't expect him to have a 10 point game just let me get that out of here but he is averaging 37 points per game in the playoffs i think one of the things though is like Devin can do that and guess what happens then What's that? Kevin Durant. I, I don't think so. Both guys have to. I mean, you have to remember, KD 39 or 36, him 36 on the craziest, on 80% shooting, and Landry Shamit makes five threes, and they eke out a win up three with 20 seconds left in the game. So that's to me like, I don't think one of them can have a bad game. What was game two? Booker had an, an, an insane game. Yeah. And it was still yep. you know, Razor's margin. So role players got to hit shots tonight. In game two, just to go over this real quick, he had 35 points on 14 of 29 shooting. So just slightly below 50%, but 35, four of eight from three. And Kevin Durant had the off night, 10 of 27, and they lose. They only score 87 points. I think they both have to be spectacular. And I they're think, capable um, of it. I think a lot of this is also like the ephemeral where it's like the Nuggets came out with such force and aggression in games one and two. And they were so passive in three and four. Like they just simply, they did not carry the same energy on the road, which is not surprising. That's who they've been all year. They were a sub 500 road team. And even if you factor in the games where Jokic missed, they still weren't good enough on the road. And like, that's a problem for winning a championship, by the way, because eventually they will not have home court even if they get past the series. But like, if they bring that the level of energy and effort, if they bring bring that just the mentality, right? I don't even think it's about effort because I think it's hard to play play professional sports without trying. If they bring the intensity and they really come out and hit Phoenix, Phoenix is going to be like, "All right, fine, all right, we'll win Game Six and then we'll see who what happens in Game seven. Right? I love I love this take, Matt. This is from a Suns guy. He's been in the chat, kind of just going off. Denver has never been in a pressure position before, Matt. <laughs> and Jokic, not a pressure position performer. Never been in a, never, never been in one. Not They're like seven game sevens already in his career somehow. Yeah. How's Devin Booker been when he's been down in the series? How's that gone? How's that mm-hmm. how's that worked out? When they I do think I will say this. I think that this the rhythm of this game is important. And if Denver is up in the fourth quarter, especially if they can build a good lead. I think that their odds go skyrocket. This is a series where the team that is leading is going to have a 
easier time doing because it's an offensive series. If you're behind and you're counting on your offense from your role players, it's just inherently harder. So to me, the bench can't blow those leads. I wouldn't be surprised if Malone goes back to Jokic, both stints, his second quarter stint and fourth quarter stint. I wouldn't be surprised if it was early just as a, hey, we're up seven. I don't want to let it get lower than that. I'd rather a tired Jokic than fresh Jokic come in up two. I'd rather him have to slog through this because they're going to miss shots if we can be up. What did he play in game four? He played, he only played 40. How many minutes does Jokic go for tonight? 43. Do you agree? I was going to say 44. So, yeah. It's just, that's, it's that time. So, I mean, that's, that's like an easy way to, to avoid some of the problems that they're having, right? It's like, well, if you're losing the non Jokic minutes, just play Jokic 44. All right. We'll see how it goes. It's a nice back pocket thing to have. It's true. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll be back tomorrow to react to game five. Thanks for joining us. Hope you guys have yourselves a great day. Great day. Enjoy game five. These are the, these are the big – you want your team to be in these moments. You want your team to be in pivotal games. You want your team to be in high-stakes games. Like, this is why you're a fan, so enjoy it. Uh, we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on Locked on Nuggets.